0: And I'm
1: Joanna Sherino, And in Seattle,
2: Washington, I'm Zach Jabal. And this is the Hair Podcast.
1: Well, you know, just mid-January, kicking it at home. Mm-hmm. Uh, how are you here. both doing? Well, I'm halfway you know. through dry January, so I'm good. Are oh, you really, really going <laughs> to- Still dry, Zach? Yeah, you're, you're going to uh, lord that over us, huh? You're going to let us know that you're really hanging out with the challenge there, that that the, uh, you know, little <laughs> crates as challenge would, of January. As you
2: put it, yeah, I was going to say, I'm up those milk crates <laughs> all the way back down. <laughs>
1: Yeah. You're at the top of the milk crates. Not yet, actually. Not yet. You're close. Well, it depends people, on whether you're your going by there? when we're
2: recording this or listening to no, this. always we recording
1: it because you could already have broken it by the time. You don't know, know what could happen this weekend. It. Your kid could have a tantrum and you need a drink. Like, you don't, don't know. know. No,
0: Zach's got tea. It's okay.
1: That's right. That, that, Zach's got here. tea. Be, me and Kermit, baby, <laughs> sipping our tea. <laughs> you and tea. Although, you, are you doing the bitter and water thing again? A little bit. A little bit. We've
0: we're been more as I mentioned-
2: yeah, no. Bitters and yeah, bitters and still water would be. I'm not sure I'm ready for yeah. that. Yeah, that's that's like uh, the, yeah, that's a level of depravity that I can't quite get to. <laughs> but um, no, it's you know, it's fine. It's it's definitely like uh, you know, I haven't minded too much. I feel like it's one of the actual small things about <laughs> like not being able to go out very much, where like I don't miss drinking as much because mm-hmm. now that there isn't lots to drink in the house. My God, there's a lot to drink in the house. Um, but it's like. I'm not confronted with the like, Oh, that looks really good. And it's only something I can have right now. Like everything in the house I can wait and have on February 1st. Mm I'm not all of it, but at (laughs) at,
0: once. Yeah.
2: Everything. (laughs) The one thing I will say as someone who is a dry January adherent is it feels deeply unfair to me that I ever don't feel great in January. Like I woke up the day we're recording this with just like a headache for no reason. I think I didn't have enough, (laughs) didn't have enough water yesterday. And I'm like, this shit should only happen when I'm drinking. Like I should not feel bad in the morning. Uh, just because, yeah. but um, you
0: should feel great out, this month.
2: I should feel great, and I sometimes do. So.
1: I got <laughs> yeah, any, know. wait. This, any
0: non-alcoholic drinks that you've been? Having? No, we should just
1: skip Zach for this segment for the rest <laughs> oh. of the month until he's back. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Joanna, what oh, are you drinking? Man. No one wants to listen to this podcast to hear Zach talk about the tea. <laughs> okay, we talked about it last week. We understood there's it, it, a thing he's into. It's really great. I could, I mean, if you guys want, we can start. talking. We can make it a coffee and tea podcast. I can tell you about the amazing new, like you know, espresso I made this morning. But like, I feel like that's well, how I hard to listen. I,
2: I did recently get an espresso machine, so we can talk oh, about Nespresso. That,
1: no, 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 an espresso
2: like a full on espresso. machine. Yeah, I have a full on espresso. Come on, Nespresso, yeah. amateurs. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, Joanna, what have you drank that that is not that is this perhaps dry but does that's have booze good. in it?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, so um I we actually haven't been going out that much, um, just for safety purposes, I guess, but uh at, we've been drinking a lot at home. Well, not at, a lot, sorry. Um uh, no, we've you, been you drinking had, a year in the
1: dry January and then also, you know.
0: No, I've also not been drinking during the week, actually, yes. like you, Adam. So um this past weekend I made a drink that I've never made before that I really enjoyed, which was a hanky panky.
1: Whoa. Anybody? Okay. Explain that to people in terms of okay. ingredients.
0: Hanky Panky is a 1920s cocktail. It's one and a half ounces of gin, one and a half ounces of sweet vermouth, and two dashes of Fernet Branca with an orange dash. twist.
1: How do you dash Fernet Branca?
0: I don't know. I did a bar spoon.
1: <laughs> okay. I, I like
0: that. You okay. i do that. Um, really good. I, I'm not like... I don't ah uh, I don't make gin drinks often, but I wanted to try it out, and it's fairly simple to make, and I really enjoyed it. Um, would make again, and uh, and then also recently, or actually a couple of months ago, I was at the liquor store and saw I was in the Australian wine section per per Zach's recommendation, mm-hmm. and picked up a bottle of Howard Park, uh, Miami Cabernet Sauvignon, which is okay. from Margaret River. Mm-hmm. which was Zach's recommendation for up and coming uh, wine regions yeah. and tried that this weekend. And that was really good.
1: Mm-hmm. Very mm-hmm. cool.
2: I actually, I have to interject here. I had a, one of the truly bizarre uh, coincidences in my life recently was talking about a specific winery from Margaret river to a friend of my wife's who's a lawyer to be clear, like not someone who's in the wine industry. And mm-hmm. I was like, Oh yeah, we just, we we're talking about this. We had this not that long ago. And she's like, Oh, Juniper estate. I worked there. And I was like, wait, what? Like in the, <laughs> Like she's like, yeah, no, when I was in law school in Australia, I worked at the winery. And I was like, oh. it's like a random medium-sized winery in Western Australia that you just like happen to work at as you're sitting here at my dinner tables.
1: <laughs> Very strange. Um,
2: but cool.
0: Yeah.
1: Very cool. What about you, Adam? So I mean, I've not been drinking that much either, but I've been doing like maybe I've been doing Friday and Saturday night, and then maybe one other weeknight. Cause I guess that's this week I did one other weeknight. So let's just <laughs> you know, no, no, don't shame me. Um so gosh, I had a really not a super exciting drinking weekend. Like I had a, a bottle of wine that was kind of like not super memorable. So, so not super memorable that I can't even tell you what it was right now. Um, <laughs> but then uh, this week I came home f- uh, from the office one day and was like, I, I, I think I, I deserve a drink. And I had a glass of uh, four roses, single barrel. That um, was really nice. While I watched uh, what is soon to become probably the best basketball team in the country, uh, the Auburn tigers who, um, you know, currently are ranked fourth, but I think you're going to be ranked second or first by the, by next, this time next week. So, um, or probably are ranked second or first by the time you're listening to this podcast, actually. <laughs> that was fun. Um, and memorable. It was like nice to just have like a nice glass of whiskey. I did a big rock. I'm sorry. You haters who think I shouldn't put it on ice. I don't really care. <laughs> That's how I wanted to drink it. Um, and it was really, it was just really delicious. Nice.
2: Cool.
1: Yeah. The four roses
2: stuff. is interesting. They, they, they were like everywhere. A decade ago, I feel mm-hmm. like I, I saw, you know, that just the the sort of standard yellow label, like in was like a well, uh, like a good well bourbon, a lot of bars in Seattle, you would see like the single barrel and the, I think they had another like, like a, you know, blenders reserve or something. I can't remember exactly small batch, I think is what they called it. Um, and I don't know, I, it's still obviously real popular. I just, it hasn't been on my radar as much, but I have no good explanation
1: for why it's good bourbon. Mm hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah, I feel like I haven't bourbon. heard, heard uh, a lot about it recently.
1: <gasps> yeah, I wonder if there's just like there's been so many others now. Yeah. And I think that, you know, also I, I hate to say this, but like especially amongst like bourbon circles, like Buffalo Trace has just really mm-hmm. dominated the conversation yeah. for the last yeah. few years where it's just like it's just all about everything they make while, while there's amazing stuff, as we always say, coming from Heaven Hill and Beam and, um, mm-hmm. you know, Obviously, Four Roses and Four Roses is one of the still like independent, you know, bourbon, you know, bourbon distilleries. And like, yeah, I just think, yeah, it's a lot of it's just everyone's so obsessed with Buffalo Trace because of that sort of weeded style that it's just mm-hmm. really all anyone talks about. But yeah, anyways, that's bourbon. Um, so today we're going to talk about a article that just published on the VinePair site. I made I made my it? return to not me. <laughs> <laughs> I made my uh, sort of return to feature writing. It's not going to be a long return, Um, (laughs) but uh, but I'd been talking to a bunch of people in the industry, um, both owners as well as sort of you know friends, uh, other writers, etc., who were all talking about how like you know January is this month where the the sort of the narrative has been for the last few years only about dry January. Right, we Mm -hmm. talk about it a lot. Mm -hmm. But that they had been noticing that actually in January it's becoming one of the most exciting times to go out and get a drink. And part of the reason for that is because of the explosion of dry January. So, Mm -hmm. you know, basically the the thesis is right, if you have about twenty to twenty five percent of the adult population saying they're abstaining, at least at some point in the month, right? Also, you know, new data shows that the majority of people doing dry January actually aren't doing dry January. They're doing damp January,
0: Damped.
1: you know, so more like what Joanne and I are doing than right. what Mr. Jabal is doing, <laughs> um, you know, but there still is a lot of nights during the week that people aren't going out. That's really bad for bars and restaurants for lots of reasons, mm-hmm. but it's really good for consumers because you get to go in, get into some of the places that would be really hard to get in otherwise. Um, and you get special treatment. Right. And whether that special treatment is just like you get to have a real conversation with someone Mm -hmm. um, or you, you know, have to sorry, or or, you know, you have an ability to sort of like actually get some free stuff. Right. Whether it's a free splash of wine, et cetera, Mm -hmm. it's there's a lot of benefits to going out. So that's sort of what I wrote about. Mm -hmm. I'm curious. So like, have you guys been out during January and like, what do you think of that sort of idea?
0: Yeah, unfortunately, I have not been out this January yet, um, mostly for COVID purposes. But um, but I I hope to go out this weekend and and take advantage of this because this really hadn't occurred to me until you wrote this piece, Adam. And I think it's such a it's a, a smart take. It makes a lot of sense to me. Um, what about you, Zach?
2: Well, I would say that you know, from the perspective of someone who was <laughs> sometimes a person behind the bar trying to get people to come in mm-hmm. uh, in January, I think part of what comes comes to play here is like this interesting confluence of several factors, even pre-COVID. So I don't want to, I mean, we can talk about that um, as it specifically affects this year or maybe last year, but but just even before that, um, and hopefully after, assuming there's an after, um, is like you have this confluence of not just um, dry or damp January for people, but also like, you know, we always saw it in the, in the industry even before dry January really became a thing that, you know the the thought was like you know people are tapped out from the holidays whether it's you know from drinking or just financially you know they get their credit card statements in early january and they're like oh maybe we don't go out to eat or drink and january just as a way to kind of like reel things in and so there's always been this like challenge in the industry to get people to come in in the early part of the year. And frankly, outside of Valentine's Day, it really in many places extends into February and maybe even into March. And depending on the kind of bar or restaurant, you know, sometimes there are those big uh, tentpole events, whether it's, you know, the Super Bowl or, um, you know, the college football playoff, March Madness, uh, St. Patrick's Day, et cetera, right? But the, the first quarter of the year is kind of like a weird, clunky, quiet one for uh, the restaurant and bar industry in a lot of ways. And, you And that, of course, means that in the same way that when we had our conversation about dynamic pricing um, a few months ago, there's some opportunity there for people who want to, yeah, get to the bars they've never been able to get into without a big wage or go to the restaurants that they haven't been able to get a seat at. And I think, and this is a thing that I, I think could also be added to what you covered really well in the piece, Adam, is there's also an element of, especially once you get past that, like, first week of January, like, usually restaurant staff is pretty rested. Like people often have some time off around the new year. Um, Restaurants have often done like big overarching inventory. They might've updated some things. Now that means in some places that in, in the early part of the year they're just trying to work through backstock of things but i actually think you have a lot of possibility for not just some of what you talked about in the piece in terms of like interaction with bar staff and psalms and things like that who might in other times of the year be too busy but frankly like they just are maybe more creatively refreshed they may you know that so much at the out, of the end yeah yeah so much of the end of the year in restaurants and bars is just fucking getting through each shift because it's busy yeah. you've got you know holidays you've got your own shit in your life and and i would say that like dining in december like can be very memorable and fun and special but it's also Mm -hmm. you know it's you're at the end of a long stretch for a lot of people in the industry and when you get into that you know second half of january say you know people are usually kind of excited to just like do fun new things, they want to try stuff out. Maybe they had some ideas that that couldn't make it on the cocktail list in December because cock- December's all about, you know, cranking out the classics or the things that people will spend big money on. And like if you are that kind of drinker, that kind of diner, it is a really um uh, exciting time. And as as we've said a bunch, like you don't have the same competition for seats. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I think I think it's also interesting because we've seen a lot of menus also add non-alcoholic drinks. As well, yeah. and like creative ones and cocktails and things like that. So really trying to, trying to get people who who aren't participating in Dry January, but also those who are, uh, to come in as well.
1: Yeah, I mean they're they're trying to get butts in seats, and which
0: seats, which I
1: which I understand.
0: Mm-hmm. And like
1: you know, when I talk to a bunch of people, I think you know the their first sort of gut reaction to me, like a lot of people in the trade, when I was like, hey, like I'm wor- working on the story, whatever, was like some of the quotes I initially got were about how they were creating inclusive menus for mm-hmm. dry January. And I was like, no, 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 that's not what this story is about. And then <laughs> one of the, the one, interaction I, got, I was like, Oh, thank God. <laughs> like from one of the, one of the bartenders, like, look, like we do it because we know that we need to have it. And, but what I find actually in dry January is that a lot of the people who are keeping our January aren't going out to cocktail bars, right? right. Like I've had, <laughs> I've had three different meetings that were on my calendar for this month that had been scheduled, like in December or sometime in December, like, hey, let's meet up in January, all get canceled because the people have written to me and said, hey, I'm doing dry January. Like, I really don't want to meet up. Wow, really? And yeah, totally. (laughs) And I think it's because people are like, well, I mean, part of the conversation we had, you know, a few weeks ago when it comes to non alcoholic beer and why we think that's more successful is like, I'm not going to pay $14 for a non alcoholic cocktail, you know, and especially if it's a sort of a friendly thing, or even a client thing, like is that really worth it? Like, let's let's go out when like we're drinking wine, um. And so I think that it's it does seem to still be such a great time for those who, again, are even going out one night a week or mm-hmm. one night every two weeks, right? Where, you know, you can get into, for example, like as I wrote about in the piece, like Sunken Harbor Club, right? That is a bar that has gotten you know, tons of press is considered like one of the hottest bars right now in the city. And until dry January was very hard to get into, you know, you would go to downtown Brooklyn and there would be a line in front of Gage and Toner of people waiting to be told they could go upstairs. It's, It's a pretty tiny bar, you know, but. A few times now this month, they have posted pictures being like, "We are here waiting for you," yeah. and there's photos <laughs> of the bar looking pretty empty. Like that's a pretty cool opportunity to go and and have a have a seat at that bar, talk to that team that is extremely talented, taste some of the cocktails that they created, like you know their uh, their Angostura Pina Colada, which is pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. and other other cocktails that you would have to wait in line for probably starting February 1st when everyone decides they're going to break dry January and go ham. <laughs> which is also what usually happens, right? You know, you hear all these stories of people like, I've got these things planned for the first weekend of February when I'm going back out and all that stuff. And also because, you know, January is such a kind of bore. I mean, as Zach said, like he's, woke, he's waking up every morning, still kind of feeling sick. <laughs> That's it's just yeah. January, guys. That's yeah, just January. <laughs> you know, it's a gray month. It's like a, it's a hard month. I used to say it's, it's like, the, it's a month with like nothing to look forward to. You know, mm-hmm. there's just, yeah. I get it. If you have your birthday, no, no offense, Keith. I get it's a special day for some people, a special month. <laughs> But it is like a a month where like the next thing kind of coming is Valentine's Day, and that's not a day that everyone looks forward to yeah. you know so so it's not that kind of month so if you are able to go out, you can have these cool experiences where you can get those reservations, you can you know have those kind of cool interactions, and a lot of the times the bartenders are you know the people who created the bars are there. Um, and so you can have those one-on-one conversations and I think that's something that's really cool. I think a lot of what winds up happening when we go to some of these cocktail bars – and Zach, I'm sure you've experienced this a lot before – is like especially if you're into beverage, you're really curious and so you have – you want to have conversations. And sometimes you don't realize when it's inappropriate to do so like on a really crowded, busy Friday or Saturday night. And the the beauty of going out this month is that there are going to be more times where there's downtime. Mm-hmm. Um and so you know the the people can actually talk to you and and not have to feel like they need to be rude either, which is something that I think no one in the service industry wants to do, but on a night that it 's really packed. Like they don't have time for using the bar to be like, oh, so what, uh, what rums did you use in this daiquiri? Like, uh, you know, what, what's your, what's your ratio when you split it? You know, and I get it. There's a lot of people that want to know those things. And then when they get kind of a gruff response, because they're sitting at the bar on Friday at, you know, 9 PM, they are like, oh, I really, God, that bar's the worst. And that's not the staff's fault, mm-hmm. right? That's just the nature of a busy Friday night. But again, this time of year, you can ask those questions. And so I, I think it's like, it's worth thinking about if you're the kind of person that wants to have those kinds of interactions.
0: Yeah. It's so interesting. I'm looking back now and one of the restaurants where um, Evan and I became regulars, um, the first time we went was in January. Mm-hmm. And we had such a great experience because we sat at the bar and we were chatting up the bartender and she was, you know, trying stuff with us and it was, it was a lot of fun. And then we subsequently went there often and knew the bar staff and um, but it all started in a um, January, like a (laughs) night in January.
2: I wonder, you know, this is, this makes me think Adam and Joanna in particular, what is it that you think is being missed maybe by some of these restaurants and bars in the way that they communicate either to their, to their guests or even to the media? You know, like, I feel like you would, you would think to see, you know, Adam, you mentioned some Instagram posts and stuff like that, which can kind of sometimes be a I don't know. I don't know how effective it is to just post like, Hey, come on in. We're open still. Like, I mean, maybe that, that gets someone to be like, Oh wow. I guess that restaurant or bar that I follow and am passionate about is open. Like they probably already know that, but in terms of like, you know, you mentioned that some of them are like, you know, kind of running these or Joanna, you mentioned they're running these kind of like NA, you know, pairings and all this stuff and maybe doing so kind of, cause they feel obligated to, but I, I wonder if there would be some opportunity for some of these places to lean in. Like, You know, in the same again to come back to that, to some extent that dynamic pricing conversation because you are fighting for, uh, you know, a smaller audience in January, uh, especially if you're a bar. Can you do something like, why aren't there more like half off wine nights in January or like other things that would convince people who are, you know, either doing damp January or kind of like, well, you know, I, I mean, even just beyond the alcohol abstention or not it's like as you mentioned adam it's like shitty weather in a lot of places getting you know and and especially for people who don't necessarily live you know in new york city where there are a lot of places in in a very short walk for a lot of people just getting out of the house. If it's raining, it's snowing, it's, you know, it's just, it's cold and and dark is like, eh, do I want to? And, and it does feel like I'm underwhelmed at the sort of marketing effort on a lot of these places to be like, you know what? We get it to some extent, but these places all, you know, I mean, shit, we're all barraged with pitches for like, Every fucking holiday, and they're all trying to get you in in December, and it seems like none of them care about getting people in in January. From a like more coordinated strategy standpoint,
1: I actually like hadn't thought about that,
2: and
0: you're
1: extremely right.
0: Like incentives to get people <laughs> yeah. in. Mm-hmm.
1: Now I don't know where I. We know that in certain places, right? I don't know how many places like things like happy hour are, are illegal, mm-hmm. but there are definitely things people can do and i do think it's interesting that they don't now we are i think you know the the article i wrote was taking a general stance sort mm-hmm. of one of these articles where it's like i understand this january may not be the january you want to go oh. out because of what's happening but yeah. i'm just saying in general so maybe we're not seeing them as much too because some of these you know restaurants and bars are saying oh we just need a break like this has yeah. been a lot and so if it's a little slow that's fine but then again, why would that be happening if we're also seeing what I think is a very large amount of posting from these bars and restaurants on social saying, "Please come in," yeah. you know? Mm-hmm. And you know, I, I I don't know about you guys, but I've seen a lot of, ang I don't want to say anger, maybe passive aggressive anger towards Dry January this year from people in the bar and restaurant industry. I've if heard it put- from at
2: least one person on this podcast. To be fair, me. <laughs> Yes. I don't have that's anger against
1: it. Again, I don't have anger against exactly. it. I just think it's kind of silly. Yeah, um, that's the passive aggressive part. No, only because again, when you when you read the medical studies that people don't change their behavior. I think if, if I think we could do something that would be, I think we all should be very cognizant of you know our consumption and figure out how we change consumer behavior, et cetera, like so that we take, you know, a few days off every week and that we understand when we should hit our limit when we drink and those kinds of things. Mm-hmm. But I think that dry January, like I said, it seems to be more of like a contest among friends than people saying, I'm doing this in order to, you know, make sure that I have a healthy relationship with alcohol. Now I know that there are some people that do it that way, but it doesn't seem to be the majority. Mm-hmm. Now that being said, that's my issue. Now that being said, I I am I have seen a lot of, you know, psalms, bartenders that center posts like, why are people doing this? Dry January is stupid. Like, and I get it because they want people to have their butts in seats. So to your point, Zach, why aren't they doing anything else besides posting on social and saying they're upset about it and come in? There's got to be other things they can do. And I think, yeah, some of these kinds of specials are like, cool, hey, we're doing, you know, free appetizers for, you know, from 7 to 9 or something or – you know, Tuesday night, we're doing $10 daiquiris or whatever. I think they get a lot more people in for sure.
2: Yeah, I think there's a way in which you have to do more than just gripe at people to get them to do what you want. Like, yeah, as a parent, you learn pretty quickly. that, Like, <laughs> if you just are like, why aren't you doing the thing I want to do you to do child? You know, even a three year old isn't necessarily going to respond super well to that. And most of us you are say
1: you bribe your kids?
2: no, but I try and figure out, I I
1: wouldn't, I I think you're saying, I mean,
2: look, I'm not above a little bit of bribery to be fair, (laughs) but it's more about, it's more about, you know, you have to make your goals and their goals align. And, and the same thing is true if you're a bar or restaurant or whatever. And it's, and it is always amazing to me. And again, look, you know, I, I worked in some different restaurants with different kinds of people in charge of them who had different ideas about how to get, you know, get butts in seats, how to market things. But it always surprised me at how, And there wasn't, frankly, that much creativity in terms of like really truly what you did when it in slow times of the year. And it, and my point to those, uh, to some managers at various times in the past was like, okay, great. Yes, I get it. You know, January in Seattle not a big tourist season people are you know whether it's dry january or otherwise you know people are are maybe not going out as much that's all well and good but there are still people who have you know birthdays anniversaries there are people who have you know big events in their life there are people who just want to get the fuck out of the house and like and yet and, and seattle especially you know in the time i'm thinking of in particular was not anywhere near the sort of restaurant scene or or, or just population bases, new york city or, or even some other big cities but still like there are lots of people who want to go out to eat you just have to figure out how to communicate to them that this is where they should come eat and drink and yet like there was so little creativity around that and i think you know part of it is maybe what i was saying in a way before that people are burned out after a long holiday slog and that you know flipping around on January 3rd and being like, okay, here's our new promotion for January. You know, not every restaurant and bar has the kind of people or the kind of just the, the fortitude to do that. But, but I do think that, like you said, Adam, and like we've been getting at, I think there's a lot of potential for capturing the audience. And frankly, like I said, there are, you are far from alone at people who find the whole dry January thing to be kind of silly. And I think there's lots of people who would be glad to be given an incentive to not participate. Let's put it that
1: way. <laughs> Yeah. Like, hey, if uh, if every Wednesday there was like Wine Wednesday at a lot of these different restaurants where it was like, I don't know, six dog glasses of wine or something, I think a lot of people would would feel compelled to go out, right? And then you end I, up
2: with a situation like the one Joanna described, which is like you get a new person in the door, Yeah, they might come back 20 more times. Like that that first point of entry, giving someone value, giving someone a, an opportunity, a, a, unique, a unique experience – can often pay off hugely, even if you're just breaking even on their first meal, right? Or even if you're losing money on their first meal, Um, and not that you should be going out there creating business models around losing money, it's probably a bad idea. But, you know, especially in these times when you're, whether it's the, you know, all the things that are conspiring against restaurants and bars at the beginning of the year, like, even if you're just building a a new, a few new customers every night,
1: that's a, that's a, that's a win.
2: It's a long term win, but it's a win.
1: This goes back to the conversation that you and I had a long time ago, now, Zach, about dynamic pricing. But like, yeah. you know, again, this is if 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 demand is low, then maybe prices change to yeah. increase demand. Like, it's just it it makes a lot of sense, and you know, I, I get it. I know a lot of people who are listening to this podcast right now. and be like, how dare you guys say <laughs> that we should be, you know, discounting anything with how hard COVID was, et cetera. And I just want to be clear not saying this year we're already on january 13th zach already has counted three days ahead because he's like (laughs) four days. days he's ready he's ready to you know be done with this shit um but you know yeah you're right four days um but i do think you know dry january isn't going anywhere right every every year there seems to be at least about a quarter of the american population that does some sort of version of it and so it is Interesting to explore. Like, well, what about next year? Like, how could the industry better prepare for it instead of just, you know, being like, oh fuck, dry January is coming. Like, this is gonna suck, and man, I hate dry January. And like, why are people doing dry January? Like, and say, okay, cool. Like, we're gonna, as you are saying, Zach. Like, we're just gonna attack it head on. Like, here is the plan: we're gonna do really cool promotions and get people in the door and encourage people who aren't doing it. Of which, again, guys, again, what did I just say? Only twenty five percent of American drinkers participate in dry January that means 75 percent of people who already drink who say they drink in these surveys right they're not saying this is this in the dry January includes the population of people who already don't drink right this is it's 25 percent of people who say they drink participate in dry January I mean 75 percent are still consuming some sort of alcohol and of that 25 percent as we said a majority of them are doing damp January so there's a lot of opportunities still to get people in the door but you know, As we said, there's got to be other incentives in the same way that like a lot of people don't feel like shopping anymore in January, which is why so many fashion houses do run sales.
0: Discounts, yeah.
1: (laughs) You know, because it gets you to be like, oh man, you know, I really did still want that pair of jeans or whatever. And you buy.
0: Mm -hmm. I'm actually, I'm curious to know, Adam, from you in the conversations that you had with um, restaurant operators, like was this year worse than ever because- more people are participating in dry january especially after the past 2 years.
1: I think that they're saying it's brutal, like I've heard from a lot of people it's brutal this year, but you know, they're saying it's it's brutal I think also because of omicron. Right. Like it seems yeah. like it's like both. It's Despite, that, yeah, yeah. right, it's like there's it's brutal because of dry january and then because a lot of other people just are a little nervous to still go out, which I completely understand. So I think that's why it feels so much worse this year Mm -hmm. to to a lot of people than it has in the past. Although in years past, like even, you know, pre-COVID, you know, we had heard in 2019 that that dry January people like were not fond of. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, in every case, Zach is really right. Like they, we hear a lot of the complaints, but then you don't see a lot of like, everyone just basically says, we're just waiting for Valentine's Day. That's what I hear. Like mm-hmm. we're waiting for Valentine's, and I, I realized like, well, but you don't have to just wait for Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, and that's a you know maybe a dubious strategy, in the best of times. Yeah. But who knows what the COVID cases are going to look like in in uh, February in many parts of the country? And I would not, if I were a restaurant or bar, and I and I could anyway get around it, I would not be pinning all my hopes on any particular holiday or or week or weekend or month frankly like you got to be you got to be trying to get people in there you know any day you're open and if you just sort of i get it right there's a temptation to just sort of you know staff wants time off you know you want to streamline things you maybe cut hours a little bit in january that's all fine like you got to do what you got to do but at the same time if you're just if your strategy is basically like well we'll put the sign out front and hope people walk by like i don't know that's just or the, or the modern equivalent of I'll post something on Instagram. Like I just, it doesn't feel very compelling to me. And like, uh, you know, even for people who who are looking for a place to go drink, I'm not sure that's very compelling.
1: No, you got to get all the getting's good. You know, Naomi and I have a new strategy, which is that, uh, you know, the next time we're ready to travel, we're just going to mm-hmm. like go. <laughs> if, if it seems low in the whole COVID cases, we're just fucking going because <laughs> it's, you know, you as you said, you can plan ahead for all these things and then we all see what happened, especially like the east Coast really saw what happened around the holidays this this past year, right where yeah. you know everyone thought they were gonna finally have these boom times with holiday parties and things like that. and then this variant was like, what up? you know yeah. um hopefully we're we're you know gonna move in the direction of more, you know, as we've said, endemic with, having less you know crazy strains that come after omicron but no one knows because this virus has been completely unpredictable the whole time so i think you're right zach like if like right now in new york they say as of this morning according to a bunch of different news outlets we are like we've we've passed the peak and we're starting to fall right and i've actually noticed a lot more people being out and i have i had to do plan a work dinner for the week everyone's listening to this um podcast so but for next week for you two uh, mm-hmm. on like a thursday and i was looking this morning on you know resi and a lot of the restaurants i wanted were already fully booked mm-hmm. so like people are clearly going back out because i think they're starting to feel more comfortable again safer especially if you're someone who has kids in school at this point i think a lot of people are like okay cool i'll just i'm gonna go out now and then this will be the time like yeah you've got you got what ha- at least half a month according to according to zach like <laughs> get get out there and yeah. maybe have a few promotions for the last for the end of the month, and maybe even a little bit into February, where you know you don't have to wait for the 14th of February to finally like kind of rebound for
0: yeah. sure.
1: Now again, I'm not an operator for a restaurant, so <laughs> I understand a lot of you are going to be like, oh, "That's great, Adam, but you don't have anything." <laughs> you have and I, can no idea, <laughs> <laughs> I can admit that. I can admit that. I can admit that. Super interesting, you guys. Uh, Zach, mm-hmm. you continue to enjoy dry January. <laughs> I really appreciate so much enjoyment over here yeah do you even drink the drinks we have on friday i do Is actually yeah it's,
2: it's my one little cheat
1: <laughs> so, so you're having down down january, too, damp january
2: as well <laughs> i love it it's the, yeah we won't discuss just how damp <laughs> cool well okay. i will
1: talk to you both on friday see you then sounds great